Welcome to Training for Ultra, the podcast. Welcome to the Training for Ultra podcast. This is episode 69 and I'm Michelle Barton. And my co-host today is Rob, Mr. 242 Mile Expert. (laughs) And we have a fun episode this week. Michelle Barton and I just chat about a bunch of different topics. Uh, We didn't do a ton of research on our Ultra Runner of the Year type candidates, but we kept it topical and had fun with it. And we start off actually with uh, Sally McRae's daughter, uh, Mackenzie, who had a, an excellent race the other day. And, and Sally actually was posting some stuff on Instagram. I thought you know, it would be cool to have a, a race recap from you know, a, a younger runner who's excelling. So very cool to be joined by both of them. And next week, Sally and I um, have a big episode to release. So... Stay tuned. You'll get to hear uh, a bunch more from Sally, and it's just really cool and unique to have uh, Mackenzie on. So this will be an ad light episode. I just wanted to thank my sponsors, Hammer Nutrition, Sufferfest Beer, Destination Trail, and Exoskin. And just a side note, Exoskin, if you haven't tried them, feel free to use my promo code T, the number 4U20. You'll get 20% off your exoskin purchase. I, I really like their toe socks um, and their base layers, their calf sleeves. So highly recommend them. Appreciate the, their support. Appreciate all the support of the Patreon group. We've had some really cool discussions behind the scenes. We have a closed Facebook group. And yeah, I think at the end of the year, I'm going to try to do something special for you guys. And they've really helped... Uh, asking questions and and getting ideas for different guests and just they make this all work so patreon supporters i know you guys are listening appreciate you guys so let's get to it this is kind of, this is a unique race recap i love it it's like it feels so real like we're just having a chat behind the scenes and hopefully enjoy catching up with michelle barton so she was kind enough to talk to us for a while so enjoy the episode don't forget to enjoy your training Hi, I'm Sally McRae, and I'm joined here with my daughter, Mackenzie McRae, and we're here to recap the National Junior Olympics race. Seriously, I mean, this is the most exciting the most exciting part of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's an honor to speak to both you guys, seriously. Aww, thank you. Well, yeah. thank you for having us on. I, I haven't had um, a race recap from... An all-American national junior <laughs> Olympics cross-country <laughs> contender crusher. So this is new. This is a new realm for me. How, Mackenzie? How old are you? I'm 12 years old. And it, how? I just have to start off with like, why running of all the sports in the whole world? Why? Why are you interested uh, in running? Um. Well, because I just, I don't know, I just love it so much, and it's just, it's fun. Yeah. And I like to use the talent that God gave me. Did anyone influence your decision in running at all, or or was this... Uh, my mom. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> is she is she coaching you also? Or do you have another, do you have someone else coaching you? 
Um, well, I'm on a team, Shockwaves, but she all we all, we, all, we go on a run sometimes, and <laughs> so, I mean the the National Junior Olympics cross country sounds pretty intense. <laughs> what what distance was it? And and tell me like. I want to hear the details from your perspective because I think your mom did some Instagram stories updates. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was cool to see how hard you were pushing it. But, you know, for the listeners' background, like, what is the National Junior Olympics and, like, what distance were you guys racing? Well, it was a 3K and it was like, it was like, which is like just under two miles and, it was really like muddy and cold and it was and there was some snow on the ground and it was really fun. And I was really nervous a few days before. But it seems like it worked out really well for you. I mean, how many how many girls were competing in this? Cuz it looked like a huge huge amount. Like about 400 girls. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was a, I knew it was a lot, but 400 yeah, their age group I think was the biggest race of the day, and the the funny thing about it too is they, um, you know, m- m- we live in Huntington Beach, so we don't run in the snow unless we go up to the snow, unless we go up to the mountain. But um, typically, the kids, you know, they train on local trails and on tracks and at parks and stuff like that in fair weather. Yeah. So when we the nationals were held in in Reno, Nevada, at altitude in freezing cold temps in ice and snow, I mean, it was her first time actually wearing spikes. <laughs> so nice. there were a lot of there were a lot of challenges. Um, but for the for people listening in that aren't familiar with uh, the Junior Olympics Nationals, the the girls come from all over the country. You have to qualify. You go to associations first, and the top thirty make it to regionals, and then the top thirty at regionals then make it to national. So it's, it's a long process just to get there. So, um, yeah, this is, this was her first year doing it. She's been on a, on a club team since she was eight. Um, and she's made, she's qualified for the junior Olympics pretty much every year in both cross country and track. But, you know, we've really wanted to really just introduce running to her as something that's fun and enjoyable, enjoy your friends and just kind of learn about it. So we really took our time as far as, introducing her to like the bigger more competitive races I, i'm especially for me because it's what i do for a career i didn't want to put that pressure on her right away but now that she's 12 and uh, we thought you know let's let's see what happens when we train a little bit harder this year and she really wanted to go all our friends were going so I think it's just, awesome yeah she yeah. went she went for it so <laughs> yeah i mean did you just go out hard from the start and just hold on as as long as you could or did you intentionally like hold back and watch the lead runner i mean i i have to hear more details it sounds uh, <laughs> intense yeah well we me and my mom were talking about strategy a few days before the race and we just i just well in the beginning i just like got up there like try to get in the front pack and settle into my pace and so i just had to like be brave and just get out there and so and from that it was just like i was just going hard the whole time Mm-hmm. And do you think it it was a good race for you? Like, were you happy with it? Yes, because one of my goals was to get top ten. Oh, wow. and I got top five. So. Yeah, man, you crushed that. <laughs> yeah, that's huge. And and for the listeners' background, your your five k 
or yeah, five k time. I want to say is like sub nineteen minutes, right? Yeah. You, like do you know? I just dream. I dream of breaking twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, most people do. <laughs> 20, people are working hard to break tw- thirty minutes. <laughs> twenty minutes. And, and honestly, I don't know if I'll ever have the discipline. Um, to get below 20 minutes, I mean, you've been working hard to get there. You don't just, you're not just born to, to do that. I mean, what's your favorite training run and what, what kind of, uh, like speed work and miles are you doing to be able to do that? Well, um, at practice, like when I practice with my team, we usually just do like, um, like fark licks or tempo runs and, like intervals and stuff like that mm-hmm. and i like and i usually like tempo runs <laughs> that right there <laughs> I that's mean, usually people's least favorite workout <laughs> i i could maybe hang with you for 400 meters if i if i tapered for like two or three weeks and really put everything into it you're you're super fast man i mean do you get to run with your mom a lot yeah, usually like when I don't go to practice with uh, my team, I'll usually run with her on the weekends. And, and when I, when we do recovery, like after a big race, we'll usually do recovery together. That's really cool. I yeah. mean, I, I get to run with my son very rarely, but, you know, he's he's only four, but uh, Mackenzie's going to be looking for a coach here pretty soon. <laughs> so... <laughs> Dude, I love that age. That was actually how old Mackenzie was when she ran her first race. She was yeah. four. She did this little mile race. Uh, it was a local one. And my my son, Isaiah, was only two. I had him in a stroller. And I didn't realize that the, the one-mile race was also – it was kind of like a family-friendly one. So she lined up, and there was close to close to 500 people doing this race. And I Isaiah was in this little, like, umbrella stroller, and I was wearing Uggs. And I wasn't planning on running with her at all. So she just got up there right, you know, right in the front. And she was so tiny next to everyone. I felt terrible, but I was like, I'll see you at the finish line. (laughs) So off she went and I just like prayed that she would navigate her way okay. And we kind of cut across the course to see where we could find her. But as soon as she crossed that finish line, she finished and said, mom, can we go back and do it again? (laughs) It was just like the funnest experience for her. But, um, But from there, uh, by the time Mackenzie was, uh, well, both the kids, four and two, I would take them on the trails with me as a way to just kind of foster the love for for the outdoors. So we'd go hunting for lizards and frogs and we'd play tag. And um, we did that just for a couple years. And pretty soon, um, you know, my son started getting more into ball sports, but Mackenzie really liked the running and it turned into our girl time where we'd have conversations and she loved watching the sunsets and um, it just really turned into a just really, really sweet mommy daughter time. And, you know, we never kept track of pace or anything like that. You know, sometimes we'd, we'd walk for half a mile and then we run for a mile. And, um, you know, really the goal was just to create these sweet memories with her because, you know, as you know, running is hard. It's, it's a hard sport. It's painful. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, to have the ability to do it for the rest of your life is such a gift for so many reasons, far beyond the racing. And, you know, my goal with Mackenzie was like, I want her to associate running with all of these sweet memories and enjoyment and peace and beauty. And, 
um, you know, because I, I she's been competitive since she was little. She and my son are pretty competitive. So I knew that side was there. And I knew when it was time for her to really hunker down and start training that she wasn't really going to need to be motivated by me. It was just kind of in her. Uh, but I think that the root of our passions really comes out of a love or an enthusiasm for what that thing is. And, um, you know, you definitely see that when Mackenzie runs, she's, she's a huge joy to watch. <laughs> she's so, so focused, <laughs> so <She> focused, <laughs> like, like hyper focus, like you're in a different world and yeah. it shows, I mean, gosh, I would have been gunning for top 100. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you did really, really well. And, and so really quick, Mackenzie, are you faster than your brother? Yes. Okay. So you have two years on him, but it seems like. He's a quick one too. He's, he's, he's pretty quick. I yeah. Mean, you're, you're super quick. I'm still trying to get my head around it. And so what's your favorite food after you take fifth place at the junior Olympic nationals? You know, like, do you have a go-to meal to celebrate? A big burger and fries. <laughs> I feel like I've heard that before from someone. <laughs> and and so really quick, just this is just for Mackenzie. Is your mom a good cook? Yes, yeah, she's an amazing cook. <laughs> she cooks. Every, she cooks dinner whenever she can, and she, it's just Aww. the best every every night. See, my mom, good, she good used to, I'll pay you later. yeah, seriously, <laughs> this is, this is audio only. I'm not seeing visual cash exchanges. Um, my, my mom used to do grilled cheese and she would burn one side by accident and she'd always hand me the plate with the good side up. So then I'd bite right into it, not expecting charcoal. Um, so I I want to ask you one last question um and I really appreciate you being the youngest race recap ever um (gasps) seriously very very impressive what you're doing I hope you stay um in love with the sport for as long as possible (laughs) so actually two questions I mean first what are your goals going forward do you have anything that you really want to do whether it be make a high school team or or maybe get faster or do you have any kind of running goals yes next year i I also want to get um all american at junior olympics um i want to run western states with with my (laughs) mom when i get older that's cool um yeah and yeah i want to make the varsity running team in high school and college and i want to become a professional runner and do the Olympics. I like it. I mean, yeah. are you? Have you already signed with Nike, or is that <laughs> you can't? Can you? Is there? Are there yeah. rules for middle school? <laughs> yeah, she there. Yeah, she definitely isn't allowed to do any of that. But okay. you know, they did have fun with her um, a few years ago. They they use her for stuff every now and then for like the Nike Nike Young Athletes side, mm-hmm. and. Um, they made a kid's shoe that's very similar to the shoe that I helped design the Nike Wild Horse for, and they actually named it after her, Oh, cool. uh, which I was a little jealous of because I'm like, what? <laughs> None of the runners get, na- get shoes named after them, but it's called the Mac after Mackenzie. Yeah, that's, and it was that's you could awesome. buy it like at Nordstrom and Kohl's for a long time. I, it, you might be able to still find it online, but it's just M A K. Um, but yeah, she goes up there and, and she'll speak sometimes, and she does events. 
Um, but yeah, she's not allowed to to be signed or anything like that. It's just she's just having fun, really. Need Mackenzie so. on like the Nike Plus app for like <laughs> for like the younger crowd that's using right? it, so you can like talk them through. Uh, a f- I need you for the five k. I mean, seriously. <laughs> If I can hit if I can hit 1845 or whatever you did. Oh my gosh. I'll sign me up to for coaching. So, I want to finish with one last question. What what's your favorite memory of running with your mom? Um when maybe, are you happiest, you know, maybe running with when, her. Uh we both ran like summited Mount Wilson together. That was really fun. That's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. a local mountain. Um, it's a it's fourteen miles round trip. It tops out just under six thousand feet. She was nine. No, you're ten when you did it. Yeah, ten or she was she was ten when yeah she's ten when she did it. Um, and I kept telling her, we don't have to go all the way to the top because it's a pretty aggressive mountain. It's a very very popular mountain here in Southern California for trail runners because, um, you know, on one side you could go up for 10 miles to get to the top and get 5,000 feet of climbing, or you could go up on the other side, um, seven miles to the top and get 5,000 feet of climbing. So, you know, I, it's a, it's just an aggressive climb for such a short distance. And so, you know, we got to two miles and I was like, this is, you are doing amazing. Like we can, we can turn around and go back. Like, I'd be so proud of you. You know, I don't want you to feel like, you know, you have to push too hard right now. You know, she's just so little, a little 10 year old. No mom, we, we got to go to the top mom. we got to <laughs> do the top and we're three and a half miles in and it's getting hard three and a half miles in and no mom, we, we got to go to the top. So we stop and have our peanut butter sandwiches and then yeah, we just keep pushing great. and pushing. And she just, she basically told me, she's like, I didn't come all the way out here just to do it halfway. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> you don't need me. I'll just turn around and go home. <laughs> but I was so proud of her. I mean, I don't typically, uh, you know, I don't take her out for too long of distances, but, you know, as long as we're, we're taking it in, in, at an easy pace, you know, it, those type of things aren't, you know, I'm not hollering at her, like pushing her to, to compete things and uh, complete things in certain times. It's just, it's really the adventure side of it. So yeah, that was, that's one of my favorite things too. Yeah. Favorite memories. Yeah. Well, Mackenzie, it's, it's been a pleasure. Honestly, just man, keep, keep the fire in you going with running, keep loving what you're doing. And thank you. I mean, I, I truly think you can get after, you know, the vast majority of your goals. <laughs> so I'm still looking for a Nike shoe contract or a Nike, a Nike shoe named after me. Um, I don't think it's, I don't think they make a middle of the pack crusher shoe yet. But, um, no, you're, you're truly amazing. And, and I look forward yeah. to staying in touch and maybe I'll have my son on for some coaching advice down the road. <laughs> thank so you. Cute. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you. Yeah, we were chatting, we were texting each other. I mean, the big upcoming event or event that's taking place pretty much as we speak, Desert Solstice, we were having fun kind of reminiscing on timed events. I mean, I haven't been, I haven't done many. How many have you done? I have done one. Only one? And I think this conversation started, yeah, I've only done one. I did it in 2004. I did it for one reason. Back in the day, you had to run 50 miles to qualify for Western States, 
and that was like the only race left of the year that I could do. So it was the San Diego 24 hour and 12 hour. And so that just happened to be the year Goggins was there. Who's who and is Goggins? Knows who's, who's David that? Goggins? Book Sounds book. familiar. He's, just, he's one of my favorites, actually. Back in the day, well, he he was a Navy SEAL and he's run a ton of races. He let's just start from the beginning. I mean that's so, that's amazing. So you found yourself at that event, the one that he writes about in his book. As being yes, the like one where harder is, harder than Hell Week for him, which is saying a lot for a Navy SEAL. Yeah, he had a rough day, and honestly, I would have never known. He was just clicking off the loops. It was one mile loops. Um, it was pretty awesome. Like it was like the old school crew was there: Catcher Corbett, Pam Reed, Shannon Farrar. You know, just all the. This was two thousand four, so it was a while ago. Um, yeah. And, and so, yeah, just seeing Goggins, just like, boom, you know, he just looked great, but you would never know what was really going on behind the scenes. Yeah. I mean, so then again, like, I'm not going to ruin the book for people, but there's a whole, I think there's almost a whole chapter on just that race. And it's weird that you were right there, like in that, I event, was, yeah, probably passing him. I mean, you were only doing 12 hours and right. you were crushing it, right? I mean, you had a pretty good race. Yeah, I won and broke the course record. I ran 70 miles, actually like 69.7 something in 12 hours. Um, I just went there to run 50 and I was like doing pretty well. And so I just said, oh, I'm just going to stick around for the full 12 and um, did that. And it was fun. Like some people really shy away from these like hamster loop events, you know, but like just to break it down, like it's so easy. It's fun because you're always seeing people. It's just like really easy logistically. You have your little cooler and chair or whatever aid station right there, and like it, it went by fast, and I had a blast. I mean, so, don't but don't then lie. Again, I never did another one. Don't lie. <laughs> David Goggins was there. He probably wasn't wearing his shirt. I mean, you're not the the first to. No, I'm totally kidding with you. Um, <laughs> Goggins think... was in in that mode, you know, like he he wanted to get that. 100 miles to qualify for Badwater, that, so he was on a mission. And he's serious business when he's on a mission, as we all know. Yeah, he, and, was, uh, he wasn't messing around. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I'm just shocked that you couldn't even tell that he was having a bad day. A really not at awful all. day. No, because yeah. no, I believe, like, I heard on Joe Rogan's podcast, like, you know, the behind the scenes of it all, and I'm like, what? I was at that race, and he looked fine. But then again, I ran the 12, and he ran the 24. And things got bad later. Yeah, you were out of there. Right, right. Well, that's fascinating. Um, And it's cool. Like, you were running ultras. Was it it Anton that really brought in a whole wave of people? Do you think? Like, when, what date Hmm. did you start noticing, like, a huge influx? Well, kind of like... Do you remember the Skaggs brothers? That was like around the time of Anton, like Kyle yeah. and Eric Skaggs, and then kind of like Killian was coming up, like all the Solomon team. And yeah, that was kind of like even 2006, 7, 8. Yeah. But it, it, yeah. It's right around and, um, Timmy Olsen. Um, right. Yeah, that's interesting. 
So Yeah, and not- so you also ran one of those kind of races as well. But it was a little yeah. different. I mean my then what's going on yeah. yeah, my my loop wasn't at a track. It was just on like a pretty smooth trail. I think it had like fourteen or fifteen feet of gain. And it was like point mm-hmm. eight, roughly point eight miles per loop. And I okay. mean the the awful part of that race, it was at seventy five hundred feet of altitude. So yeah. uh <laughs> I mean most people from sea level would just I mean, it's almost like a no-go. Why would you do that event? I mean, I live at 6,000 feet, so it wasn't hugely outrageous. Um, right. But the, the weather is super cold. It was, like, snowing, and at night it got super cold. I didn't have a crew or anything. I was just keeping it low-key. And Oh, okay. Um, I just had my car, you know, perfectly placed, probably actually too conveniently placed because it became more of a mental game of like not stopping every loop and just grabbing something to right, like right. make an excuse to myself. Cause I mean, the listener knows your brain's really good at making these very rational, like thought processes that are like designed to basically make you stop running. Um, like there'll right. be very, very rational excuses and your brain We'll try to trick you into DNFing, so you have to realize that's going on. But yeah, it so got, it got at, super at cold. It got. I stopped mm-hmm. for food. I had my secret weapon, hot coffee, sat down in my chair, and then like this giant breeze came through, and I swear it went like right through me, and I started my teeth started chattering, and mm-hmm. uh, my my secret we- weapon backfired on me because I I got so cold I could never get myself uh feeling comfortable again so i like jumped in the car blasted the heat was all covered up with a blanket and just my teeth wouldn't stop chattering so i was like okay Uh this is probably getting close to hyperthermia type situation like right and i'm trying to make that call on my own which i've read before like you can't really make that kind of call on your own very well so i aired Mm -hmm. i was like 73 miles in I think I was only 17 hours into the race and I was just like this okay. is not worth it and honestly I lived way too close to the course because I could just drive home um <laughs> I find it yeah. much easier when you you know you're 200 miles away in a or whatever like it's not a quick convenient trip um right so yeah I pulled the plug I my goal was 100 miles in 24 hours and I thought I was right on pace and yeah. uh Pete, I'm trying to remember his last name, Kasternak, who just ran from... Yes, I I think so. Um, He ran from, like, Keys to Keys. I think it was, like, Upper Alaska to, like, Mm -hmm. Southern Florida, which is just obscene amount of distance. He was doing the, the Palmer Death Race, and I think he only did 120 miles for 24 hours, which... I think he ended up winning, but it just kind of puts in perspective the conditions of everything. Like if, right, if someone of that caliber can only do 120 miles, uh, yeah, the conditions exactly, were these, not ideal. <laughs> no, at altitude with the snowstorm, and these guys at desert solstice are going for like 161 miles in 24 hours. So, I mean, we're getting little updates here and there, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen. That's a lot right. of miles. 
I mean, my my quick story with Pete was that I had my hood up, I had a winter hat on, I had my headphones in. Yeah. Like, you know, your your winter jacket's like so noisy, you can't hear anything. I have my headphones in and I'm going around this bend and it's pitch dark out. It's starting to get cold. I literally almost knocked Pete like over. He like dodged me and jumped to the far right cuz I was just kind of like leaning yeah. into the bend and not really paying attention. And we we had a good laugh because I was like, man, Pete, like trying to explain to people that I like body checked the leader of this race and like the rest of my life, people would have been like, oh, he's a dirty runner. Like he, oh, <laughs> like, no. <laughs> I just pictured it like, <laughs> like no one believing my side of the story. Like, no, I didn't see him coming. Like, <laughs> how did you do that? You did. I just wasn't paying attention. It was cold and windy, and I had a winter yeah. hat on my head and my right. my hood over. It's just I wasn't, you know, it was I had been doing the same damn loop for so long. I, I wasn't really paying attention. But right. man, I was I was probably a foot away from like literally just somehow accidentally knocking him over. So I'm glad that didn't happen. I literally did, I, know. I couldn't have explained that the rest of my life. Yeah, you lucked out there. <laughs> but 120 miles, yeah, I mean, for the winter, that's just telling how tough the conditions were. Yeah, and I'll, I'll get to talk to Pete in a, a few episodes, and I'll have to ask him about it. I mean, for all I know, right. maybe he was trying to take me out. But let's let's um, let's talk really briefly. So Goggins, with his timed yeah. event, was going for Badwater. You've done right. bad water. There's not many people I can just be like, hey, let's talk bad water. Right. Yeah, I've done bad water. Like, I first um, paced and crewed Dean Carnassi's, our buddy, in 2009. And then, um, like, I remember the last mile, we were, like, hiking up, you know, to, to the finish line. And he turned and looked at me and said, you want to do this? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, you're crazy. Because it was a tough year for Dean that that time. And... Um, I would say it was one of his slower um, times, but he got through it, and he's a champ, and he toughed it out. And so um, I was all psyched on it. Like, I love running in the heat, and, and I did it the following year in 2010. And then I went back, like, for three other years in crude and Pace Dean. And uh, so, yeah, it's you know, Chris Kostman puts on great events. I also really liked his Badwater Salton Sea race. Are you, are you friends um, with that's Kostman? That's like a mini bad water. Yeah, I'm really good friends with Chris Kostman. So anyway. He seems like a badass. Like, oh, like here, oh when, when, cause I, yeah. I mean, it's timely. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm reading that David Goggins book like every other person. And, uh, like when, when Goggins says like Kostman's kind of a badass, like, I mean, I don't think anyone else is really mentioned within that realm. There's not many people that are mentioned. So, like, what's, I mean, Goggins did that 24-hour thing. I think he did, like, 101 miles within that required amount for Badwater, and Kostman was like, oh, that's that's nice. Like, why didn't you go further or something to that effect? Is that, is that like, stereotypical that's, that's, Kostman? Well, I mean, Kostman, first of all, oh, my gosh, he's an amazing cyclist. When he was, I believe, 18 years old, maybe younger, he biked across the U.S. And, uh, I mean, he has a lot of, like, cycling 
history, like tons. And he's also run hundreds and stuff. Like people don't know this about him, but yeah, he is hardcore. So Goggins was under the impression he had to run a hundred. So that's what he did. Like you said, I believe it was 101. And then he stopped and he was in terrible shape, you know, at the time, like, like <laughs> guys, just read the book. <laughs> I'm not going to give it all away. But, but then Kaufman's like, well, yeah, it was a 24 hour race. Like, why did you stop at 19 hours or whatever? Yeah, so, like yeah. giving him a hard time. So that, yeah, that just goes to show. We'll just say like, Goggins was, it. Goggins was not peeing clear. That's all we'll say. Not at all. Yeah, not he's at having all. a rough, rough go at it. Which I again, right. honestly, like I was reading it, and I haven't read anything that I mentally like don't disagree with, really, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I say, fueling and hydration is half the battle, and like literally, you read this, and you're like, the guy's not hydrating correctly. He's not fueling correctly. Like. This is going to be a crappy race, and most of us don't have the mental component that keeps us going, even if we are that far off. So it, right. it's it's a worthwhile read. It's agonizing getting through that first first quarter of the book, just because man, talk about a a, a rough way to come up. Like I cannot even imagine. Right. So yeah. let's not. I, I'm not going to ruin it. Let's change the topic. Let's talk Ultra Runner of the Year. Ultra Runner of the Yeah. How's that sound? Perfect. It was fun. I I threw it out there on Facebook just to see what people were thinking and it was fun. We got we got some reactions from Ken Junk Miles and who else was out there? I think Jason Schlar. Candace? Yeah, Candace yeah, Burr. Jason. It was it was fun hearing different people's reactions and uh I mean, what right. are you thinking, Michelle? Like, because initially I'm like, I mean, who are your top five on each side? But let's let's talk about it. Well, I mean, like, it's so hard to say because like, there's so many people that are amazing, and it just depends on how this is based. If this is just based on like, you know, who won the biggest races, and like, of course, Western states pops out every year. So like, of course, Courtney has had the most amazing year and that's tough to beat like what she pulled off at states and tahoe and just like the backyard ultra and just like it's just amazing and i don't really know honestly how her race is going as we speak but it doesn't matter like she gives a thousand percent and like for the men i'm just gonna say walmsley because he has such balls to like say hey i'm gonna win states I'm going to break the course record. You go and then you fail and you go and you fail and third time's the charms and and you do it. And like, I totally respect that. And so what? Like he just goes for it. And, um, I, I just think like a lot of of people are amazing. Like Schlarb is amazing. He's super solid. Um, Jeff Browning is amazing. He's had a great year. There's, there's so many out there, you know, it's just, what are we basing this on? You know, I you know I totally agree. I think it's almost like I don't know. It's too simplistic to say you are the ultra runner of the year. Like there are rare exceptions. Um, like Courtney to Walter, I do Walter. Sorry, I always say it wrong. Um, huge standout this year. Like I think, yeah, she had a very special year last year. 
and arguably mm-hmm. could have been depending on you know how you define ultra runner of the year could have been ultra runner of the year last year this year right she if if you only define it a certain way i mean she could make the top five for the the men's field also which is sort Absolutely. of weird like her battling kyle Curtin, the last miles yeah. of tahoe was like right like wow like that's that was a special moment in our sport. You don't see that every day. And I mean, no. there's a reason I respect her and think that she is maybe the best. Um, I I don't want to say the at best the ultra runner, but it, at least yeah. the best ambassador to the sport that we have currently. Um, mm-hmm. I'm clearly biased because, you know, we had had a few beers together, but I'm I'm really thankful to have met Courtney before the Joe Rogan interview. So I, I met her at the Bear Chase where I had just yeah. done the fifty K and she did the fifty miler and we had an IPA together and just got to chat. And this was Courtney before anyone knew who Courtney was. So it was really, right. really cool it was a really cool experience to meet her before it. And having had a beer with her just like last month same exact person (laughs) which is really cool like you would think that's what i love about our sport and she has made this sport very exciting this year you know like if there was no courtney this year like i don't know what would be make it as exciting yeah i was i was talking to anime flynn and the female field this year there are exceptions you know kelly wolf darcy Mm -hmm. like there's there's a few like exceptions to this but it's been kind of a right it's been kind of a rough year in the women's field. Like it's been a real hit or miss. There hasn't been like a real consistent standout. Um, Mm -hmm. There hasn't been that. I mean, Darcy maybe is sort of like the Jeff Browning, honestly, like just consistently. Darcy is like ultra runner of the decade. Yeah. Same with Slarp. You know, if there was a, it's, it's hard to be like on top for like 10 years and be doing this and you don't see it very often, but like for sure, I'd say Darcy and Slarp win ultra runner of the decade. Because that is not easy to do, bro. <laughs> I was, we were. I was going to invite him on to talk with us because I liked what he was yeah. saying with, uh, you know, his Facebook comments. He had a holiday party. He has to go tonight. Um, yeah. His his issue, honestly, he's running races that are like totally out there, totally gnarly. Like, I remember talking to him about that crazy race in china that ran up to like mm-hmm. 14 15,000 feet again or of altitude right and he right i i've talked to people who have uh raced the it's a utmb race in oman and mm-hmm. i mean these are experienced people like the woman i talked to lives in chamonix so she knows she knows mountains and she said that the steepness in some of the mountain climbs, she was horrified. Like she was in tears because it was that scary of a climb. Like it was that difficult. And so like our ultra running media, I don't even know if there's really a mention beyond I run far just saying Jason Schlarb won this race. But yeah, it's crazy. There was like class four climbing in it and they're wearing helmets and they're harnessing in. You know, it's Harnessing not just like running a trail. A race. <laughs> yeah, like I think Meredith Edwards posted that video, and I'm like, whoa, this is like a most awesome looking race, amazing. But you definitely need to have those skills. 
and know what you're doing or you're going to die. It was totally underreported. So I feel like, yeah. okay, how do we compare Jeff Browning running? Right. I don't know. Even like a hard rock. At least we have a comprehension of that. But mm-hmm. for a schlarb, like let's compare Jeff Browning's sec- or first place win, which a lot of people probably – it, there's like a weird asterisk around Xavier's situation there. So let's I know. let's just compare Jeff Browning's win there versus Schlarb's uh UT, UTMB Oman Oman win. Like like we have no reference point for that one. Um and it's weird no. that that the whole concept of Ultra Run of the Year is like US based races with or it's North mm-hmm. American races with like North American athletes, is that correct? I believe so. I mean, it doesn't seem to encapsulate the, all the, you know, the whole world. It, it's so. bizarre, and I mean, I think honestly, if anything, it could have been like, like putting together an ultra runner of the year team. I think we could select ten people, both Easy, fe- yeah. both both female and male, and we could be like, okay, these these ten people, whether it's North America or not, globally. Right. Like they had standout years and should be recognized. I think that's a much like fairer way of doing it. I mean, I don't know. Because so many people are awesome. Like even like Rob Carr had an amazing run at Leadville. Look at Dave Mackey. Like he is amazing. Exactly. So strong and yeah. brave. And we have so many like, I mean like, and then even the triple crown of hundreds, like, um, Catra is amazing, super tough. And Candace Burt, like talk about FKTs. There's just so many different segues. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're just talking like biggest race Western states, then I'm almost different ball sure, I'm almost honestly, and don't get me wrong, I love um, Ultra Runner Magazine. Like I have a subscription. I read it every month. And when I was yeah. starting running, it was like the Holy Bible was show, of ultra running was showing up to my door every other month. So I was I was like totally enamored with that magazine and anytime my name was printed for even just you know a, a very middle of the pack finish i was i was totally like so proud you know like <laughs> that's, that's gonna awesome. be that's gonna be the one time my name is ever printed in that magazine um but yeah this this concept of selecting one individual to like you know mm-hmm. uh you know crown as ultra run of the year it's a little short-sighted. I don't know. It's kind of weird because there's so many distances. There's so many different, you know, there's like a horribly difficult, like, I don't know, like a speed goat 50 K and compare that to like a time, like, mm-hmm. a tr- like a track 50 K. Like how can we compare right. those two athletes? Like they've trained totally different. They excel at totally different things. Like, I don't know, it, or even a 200 miler, like you know, right? Comparing Kyle Curtin's win at Tahoe versus like I don't know, like Zach Bitter's 100 mile pace. Even those oh, two. Oh, that's crazy! At even, Tunnel Hill, yeah. Yeah, Tunnel Hill. Like, how do you even compare those two? Like, those are twice the distance, and just totally different situations. I don't know. It's it's gotten to the point where. You know, I asked a question on Facebook. I thought I had like a pretty clear cut answer. And the more I think about it, the grayer it gets. Well, it seems like your answer is clear for females, but what about males? 
I okay. Yeah, I mean that's a valid point. Maybe every year, like with a North Face fifty miler in California, like maybe that helps our situation. Maybe this year's more gray because of that. Um, I totally agree with you though. I I think Jim Wamsley. I respect his um. Uh, I don't know Prefontaine attitude. I mm-hmm. I have a love you know a love for Prefontaine and. It's hard to not respect someone who gives it everything and doesn't care what anyone else thinks. I mean, it goes back to my last episode, like, you know, with the critic quote, like, <laughs> uh, right. he he went for it and he did it. He deserves to be at least, you know, patted on the back for it because he didn't give up. And the whole world was like, yeah. last year when he failed for the second time. Yeah, yeah. He easily could have just stopped running most people probably would have i mean the weight of that with sponsorships i mean his only job is to run and to drop at mile i think 70 or whatever it was i mean talk about redemption Mm -hmm. it's huge it's like outrageously big um and shouldn't be forgotten right but yeah i think jeff browning awesome dude very very good person good dad excellent runner yeah super consistent, so consistent. i've i've yeah, run races and i've seen him in in the zone and he's a excellent athlete and definitely needs to be um you know recognized this year i think uh right schlarbs in that category avery collins made this year look he makes all his stuff look really easy um mm-hmm. I think uh, Jared Hazen throwing down at JFK was ridiculous. Right. He, he was battling an injury. I mean, there's there's all sorts of stuff. Um, even like a Jacob Pusey throwing down, you know, super fast 50K. I think that was in Canada. Yeah, Calgary. Yeah. I mean, yeah. again, how do you compare all these guys? It's Cody, Cody Reed, uh, top 10 at States crushed um mario mendoza mendoza had yeah. a breakout year um mm-hmm. yeah we have a lot of amazing amazing people in our sport and they're all so down to earth and just just it's just so cool totally yeah i mean and they're all open to to come on the podcast whenever you reach out to them so it's like yeah I don't know. It's a hard. It's a hard decision. I'm glad they don't ask my opinion, but it is worth yeah. worthy of you know talking about. I mean, I think it's just weird putting Zach Bitter like you know those really fast guys that like a Pat Reagan who just came back from injury and won Havelina, like pinning those mm-hmm. guys against like a Killian coming back from injury but doing mountain races like. I don't know. It's it's just a weird. It's weird. I'm not gonna lie. I think they're all awesome athletes. I think it should be almost like instead of ranking them, let's just give like mm-hmm. a like a grouping of like top ten, top ten ultra runners of the year, and not even have to put a number behind them. Let's just recognize them. Like you know, Casey Licktie. She took second in JFK. Came back from injury. Yeah. Crushed the UTMB. I know hung in there amy lead him like we don't need to we don't need to pick whether uh casey or amy had a better year because ultimately who the heck cares 
<laughs> right. And there's so many more than 10. It just seems really unfair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why why shouldn't Dave Mackey be Ultra Runner of the Year? Oh, man, definitely, right? Yeah. I can't wait for that Bill Yang film. I know! I mean, super talented. By the way, the, the listener doesn't realize I don't do film full-time for a living. <laughs> if you watch my stuff, uh, I have like 45 minutes in between diaper changes to get this done. <laughs> yeah, not like uh, Ryan that was on the show last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Running um, 200s and partying. Great kid. I just thought that that perspective... Being that young, like he literally, I, he is the youngest finisher of those races. Like, why not? Yeah, I just why can't not imagine. Pick, why not pick his brain? Um, I know. So, let's change topics because Ultra Run of the Year, I think, has. Uh, I don't know. I'm turned off to the whole concept after reading through stuff. Like, it's just after I read Slarb's comment, I was like, "Whoa, he's so so right." Because it's just, it's just tough. There has to be categories or something. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's just, you can't pick one person. It makes no sense. Um, right. So let's change topics. I uh, decided to sign up for the uh, Triple Crown of 200s. <laughs> <laughs> um, surprise, surprise. So pressure's on, Michelle. Which are you going to sign up for now? Are you going like to sign up for Moab? Are you going to do I it? I would like to do Moab out of all of them. Dude, let's, let's do it. Let's do it, and let's get, like, a bunch of people just going for it. You know? Okay. If, I, again, I've said this before. Like, if you've done maybe a 100-miler or two or three, and, you know, this isn't your first race, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, if you've actually done mileage and you have base-level fitness, it's doable. But this shouldn't be like, instead of doing a 50K, I'm going to do Moab 240. Because there is like kind of a learning right. curve for some of it. And it could it could become like, not deadly, but like if you're just totally naive to certain aspects, like it, it could get you in trouble. But why why Moab of the uh, three destination oh, trail races? Because of the location, and I ran the Moab Trail Marathon in 2014 and just fell in love with, oh my gosh, the red rocks and the arches, and it's just beautiful, and, and that is more my type of course than the more technical type of stuff. Like, I like those runnable type of courses, and wow. I know you had mud, and you had cold, and you had gnarly stuff, but it's just so beautiful. And, like, Badwater was my longest race, and I honestly cannot even imagine, like, running another 100 miles, you know, after crossing yeah. the finish line. That That is far. And I yeah. think the hardest thing would be the sleep thing, too. But um, it was interesting what Ryan said in the last podcast that, you know, he actually thought the 200 was, like, a bit easier for him than the 100. And that was, yeah. like, kind of... Like, hmm, I wonder that, why I or how just, that is. I mean, it goes back to our conversation, like, about Ultra Runner of the Year. It's, like, it's totally yeah. different. And I've I've read articles that talk about, you know, like, hey, calm down. Like, every race doesn't have to get longer and longer. But to compare a 100-mile race to, like, Moab 240, it doesn't – it 
it's incongruent. It doesn't make sense. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's a totally different experience. It's a totally, totally different mind frame. And that's, I mean, people probably saw, okay, like, oh, train for ultra is going to go for the, the triple crown of two hundreds. Like, okay, whatever. Um, but what I'm going after is the the adventure of each of those races. And the I mean, there's more than just one adventure per race, and it's more about the experience of each of those. And I'm still trying to get over Moab, and it's like months later. So I knew like I right. found found something special, and yeah, Moab's there's sections that are runnable, definitely. Like there's sections that look runnable. And are not at all because there's either a headwind mm-hmm. or whatever going on. And there's parts that are straight up climbing that are worse than Leadville, like or whatever wow. race, like a Never Summer type climb. So I felt like Moab had a taste of. It was almost like take my previous twenty ultra marathon starts and like wrap them into a ball and like here you go, you have four days or whatever it was. Like, you get to get a taste of almost every different race experience all into one race. And Mm -hmm. you have to problem solve through each of them. Like, each each thing that comes up, it's like, take the worst case scenario from Never Summer. Like, now you got 20 miles to figure that out. And, like, now pull, like, worst case scenario from Kettle 100 Miler. Pull that knowledge, like running through mud at mile sixty of kettle, like apply it now. It's mile two hundred. Right. <laughs> so but it was. But you like Moab cool. enough to do it to want to do it again, and like you just happen to throw on the OBX two hundred on top of the triple crown. So like, why did you decide to do all of these two hundred? Well, OBX came up first. And I'm like totally yeah. enamored with the idea of of like the roughness of that having no aid stations i'm still not sure if i would mm-hmm. be crude or not crude or they call it screwed screwed, or screwed. screwed, screwed. <laughs> yeah it's like vol state yeah um i'm still not 100 percent sure i'm gonna do it but yeah having um a true like point-to-point race there's not many of those 200s in fact there might not be any other point-to-point 200s other than that one but I was I was toying with the idea of the Grand Slam of 200s. So you do the Triple Crown, and then you get to pick any other point-to-point 200. Kind of sounds bad. In the ass, U.S.? Right? I I don't know. I, I'm just saying. Do you have the Tour de Gênes? Take the take the Triple Crown and add in your your pick of 200s that are point-to-point, that aren't like a track or you know like repetitive. Um, right. So I was toying with that idea. I'm still. Honestly, like I, I have family obligations that are more important. So, I'm working through my schedule as of today. It's on my schedule. Um, but, I saw it. But yeah, starting to think through doing Bigfoot, and then thirty thirty days later doing Tahoe, and then thirty days later doing Moab. That's crazy. I think the, yeah, I think the phrase is like shit's getting real. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, and I got a behind the scenes scenes glimpse today when I read through your part of your book on, oh, on yeah. Moab and what happened and all that stuff. Yeah. Can't really talk about it, but uh, man, I was actually doing a race on Zwift 
and I got the email, and I'm like, huh. <laughs> and I started just reading it, and I'm like, wait, I have to be racing. And I was, I was racing, and then, like, just reading, and I read the whole thing, and then the race was over. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, more importantly, how did so, you do during the Swiftway race? I mean, did you win it? Second place? No, to the... No, no, no. I got 50th, but yesterday I won. <laughs> so I did two back-to-back yesterday. But, yeah, like, man, you're, um, the chapter on Moab is pretty awesome. I mean, like, yeah, what happened and everything. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't wait for people to read it. But, yeah, I Very appreciate interesting. Yeah, Michelle's gotten a sneak peek. She's a good sounding board. Right. I mean, what are your favorite running books? You, you only have, like, three, right, or two or something? Like- oh, or is it only one? I, just like you, I love Carnazzi's books, you know, Confessions of an All-Night Runner. I love yeah. um, I love Running and Being yeah. um, and Running to Win by Dr. George Sheehan. Those are good. I don't know if you've read those, Running and Being. No? I, I think I have. I've, I think December of the year I started running, I think I read at like every major... <laughs> Every running book. They all kind of molded together into one concept, but yeah. Right. So I have to ask you, like, what are your thoughts on, I don't know, like, the the first few chapters? I mean, what what can the listener expect? Is it is it a how-to on how to win a 100-mile race? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, but it, it's interesting because, like, when I didn't really know you, but, like, I followed you on Instagram, I saw you know, when you ran the half marathon, I saw that you were like living in Ohio. And then I saw you moved. I kind of saw you doing all these green smoothies. I saw you losing weight. Like I saw things, but I didn't really know all of the story. And I can't really say much, but like to know what you were really going through is a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird to me because it's like, it's it's nothing similar to like your typical story like i it, especially cuz it's a middle of the pack type perspective but it's not like i overcame drugs and alcohol or like you know what i mean like it's no, not it's your, it's your life it's, it's not, not like david like... goggins like i wasn't completely beaten as a like and it's mm-hmm. again i said this from day 1 it's like it's not a competition like this is just my story like like it's right. it's fairly normal but not i mean i think it's relatable um i would say it's very very easy to read like you know how you said you read the carnazzi's book in 24 hours well most people like they've read that very very fast like hard to put down right the first carnazzi's book and and i feel like with your book it's very very easy to get through like just and i don't know how you even remember a lot of the details you know when you're like do your first eight miles on the treadmill and I can't say much, but, uh, yeah, just four, four a lot miles. of, off, four a miles. lot of details there. So, uh, well, I, I, I so, lived, I lived it first of all. Yeah. So it's like firsthand memory there. But then second of all, every single run I've ever done, cause I'm such a new runner. Strava's probably yeah. only been around for like what four years or something like that. Five years maybe. I think a little longer. Yeah. I don't know because I didn't know anything else. <laughs> so every run, right. every run that I've ever done has been recorded, and I've been able to keep notes. And I mean, I didn't start off like, "Hey, let's just 
try to do a local 5k in a few months i kind of kind of went all out with this and uh it's it's just fun because i failed enough times um but i also learned from each of those failures and hopefully it just inspires you and motivates you as a listener like that's the only goal truly like if it just fundamentally really helps a few people it'll be worth all of this work but yeah i have a really good editor we're working together little known fact my editor julie i haven't shared this before finished the moab 240 um wow this year did you know that okay no idea yeah this this has been this has been top secret and what's even cooler is when I went off trail for a few miles, you know who I was off trail with? Julie. So I actually ran a lot of sections of Moab, which makes up five chapters of the book, with my editor. Uh-huh. So it's like, who, who better to know the conditions out there and help me Yeah. Um, with those chapters? And she's just a really talented writer, so she's helping just rework some grammar and it's coming out. I don't know. You've seen the refined product. I hope you're happy with it because, Michelle, this book is yeah. being put together for you only. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honored. This is coming out in three months, right? Yeah, end of February. Awesome. Crazy, right? And you have some special people that wrote the forward or wrote some... Yeah. Man, it's yeah. it almost sounds like we pre-planned all this. This is, yeah, I no, know. I I have um truly I've been fortunate. Yeah, the foreword of the book and I've kind of released this as it was going to be kind of a surprise, but now I'm like, "Oh, let's just share it." It's the foreword of the books from the running community. So there's you know, it's pretty typical within a book, you have the foreword written by like one person who's read it and really enjoyed it and writes all about it. This is from yeah. This is from everyone, so uh, it, it was huge having, you know, Camille Heron, you know, included uh, Ida Nielsen, right. uh, Hayden Hawks, uh, Jacob Pusey, uh, just at, like I don't want to go through everyone, but it was like all the all these big names, but then you know people that inspired me, so like a Gary Stotler, a Tommy Byrne. A Michelle Barton, mm-hmm. you wrote, you, you helped out. You're part of the community. But what's cool is every single person that wrote part of the forward from the ultra running community has a podcast tied to them too. So you can like re- you can read this segment and then you can like refer to Michelle Barton episode. What was it? Eight when we did her whole back- oh. background story and everything. Right. Yeah. Right. That's great. So it was cool. Yeah. That was funny when uh, last weekend when they had the Western States Lottery and you were saying like, oh, well, like, if you've been on the podcast, you have extra luck because so many people <laughs> got picked that were on your show, like Andrea Kuman and Sean and yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was like boom, 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 like, I think it was like episode 65 and then 64 <laughs> was like my race recap, 63 got picked, 62 got picked. Um, so yeah, if you haven't been on the podcast and you're thinking about it and you, your name's in the lottery for Western States, there <laughs> is a correlation. Like there's a connection. I somehow, 
you being on the podcast boosts your odds. So. <laughs> For sure. It, it could be proven with statistics. <laughs> um, I feel like we had to finish off. So You, you want know, to talk about the hammer thing. Okay. Full disclosure, I'm a, I'm a hammer athlete. Not sure you guys hey, knew that. What? Not sure you've seen that same damn red shirt every single race for three years straight. Um, <laughs> so fifty-two, forty-two, two to twenty-two. <laughs> um, so there, there is a cool new hammer product. And when I was in Chamonix, Brian Frank and I were having lunch, and he drove me back to the hotel. He was just like the coolest person, super helpful, made me super relaxed, like. Because I was kind of nervous. I almost missed my flight to CCC. But we got talking, and he's like, yeah, man, we have this new product, hemp. This is hemp oil, and I've been talking to some athletes, and they're just like, hands down, this stuff is working great. Like, i got to get this to you um, for your recovery from CCC. So we, I think he had to take off to, like, a different city, and I never got a hold of it. But uh, – I eventually I got a hold of it because they sold out of it initially. It's a super refined, like premium. It's like the gold standard of of this oil, and uh, I've used it. Michelle, you've used something similar, right? Like a a stick of some sort to rub directly like, on muscles. Used, yeah, I don't take it internally. It's just uh, basically it's called Prevail, and it's uh, to replace you know, ibuprofen for runners, it's called like aid station salvation. And mm-hmm. it's just like a mix of Arnica and, um, it has CBD. And like, at first I was kind of hesitant, uh, to, to try that, but it really just kind of like, uh, takes away any muscle pain or soreness. Um, and so I've been using it about two months and I really like it. It really, really works. And it works in like five minutes. So I've been using that, but I haven't taken any pills or oil or anything. So like you, so, I, there's kind of like a stigma within the community. Because like, even yeah. the Hammer product has it has pot leaves on it. Like it's this gold oh, foil. Okay. It's like this gold foil, like super, super yeah. premium dietary supplement. Like it's, it's literally the way they, they've like patented the process of like refining it and but like you like you see the pot leaves and you're like ooh, like i don't i don't really need that um right uh, i mean explain to you like the effects i mean because i like you i take it like it's advil i also use it like let's say i had a long run that day like i'll take Mm -hmm. i'll take like 20 milligrams so i'll take two of these little pills before i go to bed and it not only helps with inflammation but then I sleep soundly, but that's just me. I don't have arthritis, you know, like I don't have a variety of other situations. Like, like what's your perspective on it? Well, what exactly is the ingredient in yours? Is it like, is it a CBD oil or you're saying it, what is that? It's a hemp? Um, I mean, what they call it is hemp oil or, okay. or hammer hemp. Uh, like a soft gel of some sort. It has, it has no THC in it. I know that for a fact. Right, right. So, yeah, this is like all all legal, fully legal stuff. Not just in Colorado and California and Canada. This is totally this, legal. So yeah, I mean, it helps with inflammation. I like to take it 
kind of like before I go and work out, before I run, it just makes you feel like your muscles are loose, like kind of like the feeling of after you've sort of had a massage. And um, I, I don't notice, honestly, like there's – when I first was approached about this product, I said, okay, to the owner, Brock, call me. Because I wanted to know, is this mind-altering and is this <laughs> going to make me sleepy, make me hungry? I don't want any of this. Like, I don't want any. And and he said, no, no, no. He was laughing and it really doesn't. So um, I noticed, like, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. Um, and also I've noticed, like, somehow, like, I've been remembering my dreams a lot more. That's yeah. weird. Or, my, like, I was just sleeping say, better. My, my dreams but, are more lucid, which, uh-huh. uh, I mean... Sometimes is good, sometimes is not, but... Um, I just think it's good, like, ibuprofen is evil, like, I used to take... Yeah. Oh, my goodness, like, you know, like, 10 years ago, like, I took so many, so many at races, just to take the edge off the pain, and, like, I can't remember the last time I took ibuprofen. That's, it's funny, because really. when you asked me, you're like, did yeah. you take any ibuprofen or anything during Moab? Do you remember that? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I, no, I, I didn't, t- you, I didn't um, take any Aleve or Advil or any pain reliever during Moab. But did you take the hemp pills? I did. I took my daily vitamins. Uh-huh. That was my okay. That was my secret weapon was every morning because there were so many of them because I'm middle of the pack. Um, <laughs> but I, I took literally the same vitamins like supplements that I take every morning because I was like, I don't see why I wouldn't do that. I mean, as long as I can digest them, like my body needs yeah. needs the basics. Um, and maybe that's why I felt so good by the end where maybe other people were dragging a little bit more. Um, who knows? I, mm-hmm. I truly don't know if it made that much of a difference. But one of mm-hmm. the things included in that was the hemp oil, which right. had to have helped slightly with the uh, inflammation. So, Right. I also believe in taking, like, protein. You know how um, Ryan was talking about that during um Yeah, I was giving – I, I tried to hit and, back and just see if, like, there was, like, a like a legit logic and reasoning behind that. But Gary Stotler said the same thing as you. Like, there's something to be said about that. I mean, what, why do you think protein helps so much in those longer events? Well, it's weird because, like – I was thinking back to when I ran Havelina and I won, and I took the hammer recover right during the Havelina, and I'm like, well, screw this, I'm going to recover while I run, and I also took BCAAs, like all these things to, that's, what I that's supposed to be for recovery, but I took it during, and I did great. So yeah, who, who really knows? It. Was that the yeah, race you beat, like the, some people, beat the guys, or was that the other race that you just won um, the, the, uh, the, hundred, the female? Okay. The 100... Um, the hundred miler three guys beat me. The hundred K, I beat all the guys. So, yeah, Carl Meltzer beat me. Was there any? <laughs> of course. Was there any New York Times article about that win when you did the hundred <laughs> K? <100K? laughs> that was in another lifetime. It seems like <laughs> two thousand six. So, to your point, though, I've always toyed with the idea of recovering during races, but I've never hit mm-hmm. desperation and Moab at mile one twenty one. It was like, yeah. why not? Like, <laughs> like right. let's do this because I think I shot my quads, like, totally. And I took that, rolled them out, went to bed for two hours, and perfectly fine when I woke up. So maybe I need right. to do more recovery during 200s, actually. 
Yeah, like less perpetuum, more recovery or something. Or just, less yeah. gels. Like, why were you only taking all those gels when when you dropped your baggie of fuel? Like, what else were you t- taking, like, in your Nathan pack? No, I had I had hammer bars. I had... Oh, okay, cool. Um, fizz electrolyte, which always just settles my stomach. It makes... Right. just makes me feel good. Um, and then I had fizz... Uh, no, so Fizz Electrolyte and then the, um, what is it called? Uh, it, it's one of the, like, somewhat subtler, um, it's almost heat? like a, no, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't use heat, it gives me gas, so, uh-huh. honestly, uh-huh. I, I'll be upfront. I mean, there's products that Hammer makes it, I absolutely love, there's some that I just do not work for me. But yeah, the right. the gels, I mean, I was timing out caffeine for when it got dark. Like, I had a whole game plan, and that game plan literally just got lost totally, which, it was hard. I mean, I keep going over and over it, and you know what? I'm signed up for next year. I get to do it again, and you yep. know what? You know what? I'm, I'm not going to drop my bag next time. <laughs> so no. I still think that was a one-off, and um, yeah, I mean, it's... So I, I survived for until mile 50. So I went for 30 mile. I went, did a 50K on basically um, just whatever I could figure out from aid stations. And then and that was the heat of the day. So, yeah. But yeah, from mile 50 to mile 75, it was a complete... Yeah, it was ugly. So it but was it was a bonk again. a bonk and a, another big bonk and the girl I was going with that was bonking also and we were kind of like just getting each other through it and again the the book details this one pretty well um, she dropped at mile seventy five so that's how bad right. it was for both of us and I'm still trying to I'm still scratching my head how I ended up just deciding to keep going and not drop so. Anyways, except when you think you're double bonked, remember what Goggins says. <laughs> you're, you're only, only like forty percent, right? <laughs> you're only forty so, percent bonked. <laughs> you gotta toughen up, suck it up, and just go. I wish, I wish, like I was, Goggins would do the triple Moab. or or Moab. I think it'd be sweet seeing him out there. He's he's yeah. um he's inspiring for what he overcame. I get why he's just—I mean—such a badass. You know what I mean? Like people love him or hate him. Like my next door neighbor yesterday, he's a biker. He's gonna do the Leadville Hundred, and uh, he's like, "Is that Goggins like for real?" Like, you know what I mean? Like, and oh, I've known Goggins totally. since what two thousand four, yeah. and I'm a fan of Goggins, and I have friends that are friends of Goggins, and like, I don't know, I I like Goggins. He's I literally, inspiring. I literally went on a run a few weeks ago and was talking about it and the person was like i can't stand goggins <laughs> so, right, so right. like you said like in some of the language i mean i don't know i get it like and you know what he doesn't care and i don't blame him for his for what he went through i mean you can't blame the guy so i mean until i talk to him meet him in person what i mean and even if i do meet him i can't judge someone like that i didn't walk in his shoes when he was younger or when he's in Afghanistan and all that stuff so right but I mean he's just an, an amazing guy 
and so passionate. Like, I really don't care if he's throwing F-bombs left and right. Like, I I don't care at all. Like, I like that because he's just like, he he just believes in what he's saying and he wants to help other people, like, get the best out of them. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Everyone yeah. go read his book and then go read Rob's book. <laughs> I, the, the two pair nicely from uh very nicely a, a very badass <laughs> view to a middle of the pack view <laughs> and uh yeah for the listeners background michelle's favorite episode ever was when i talked to avery collins and we were just cussing up a storm so she if anything she likes when uh <laughs> things get edgy i do <laughs> keeps it interesting it's not boring that way like goggins is not a boring guy <laughs> No, I, so I can't imagine fun. him doing anything that is boring. So Yeah. Let's let's uh wrap it up and I I enjoyed this just kind of off the cuff conversation cuz I mean we become friends over the years. I mean, first of all, when yeah. are you signing up for Moab because I'm like I'm super pumped for you that you're contemplating the longest it's the longest trail race in the United States, I'm pretty sure. Um Yeah. When, when you sign well, up, what's your game plan? Are you going to bike the heck out of the year and then... Yeah, I'm just going to bike all year and then sign up. You do know <laughs> Moab's a foot race, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking of doing like Caballo Blanco in uh, March and then uh, doing 100K in Canada in August. And oh. then uh, we'll see what else, but yeah. That sounds good. Moab is is the one that uh, kind of strikes me more than the others. It was. Well, tell I raced me in Tahoe and what? Tell me what's what's like your base mileage. What's like a typical week, just on average, in terms of mileage? I know you have hard weeks and easy weeks and all that kind of stuff. Like, are you doing? What's your it's mileage like, like? It's not a lot right now, really. It, it's more biking. Like I'm biking almost three hundred kilometers a week. Um, I also like to swim a lot. Um, the running is not a lot. I would say whew, 60, 70 K yeah. a week. It's, yeah. Well, it, it, I always, I'm always shocked. Wood, like I'm not injured. I so like, this is working. <laughs> That's honestly that if you summed up my 2018 and everyone's like, how'd you do Moab? Blah, blah, blah. Like I didn't get hurt in 2018. I didn't go out and stress right. stress my body at a race beyond what it could take and i truly right. like going into 19 now with the triple crown like i'm i'm thinking about okay what's my base going to be like when am i going to peak out how am i going to get prepared for this and i keep reverting back to this year and it's simply just don't get injured like you have the base mileage sustained base level fitness and you should be able to you know, comfortably finish. I mean, there could be unforeseen drop bags of your whole race in a nutrition bag. Um, <laughs> but it, especially you, Michelle, you do so much vert, like your mileage, you, you said like 60 or 70 K, but you're probably right. doing a ridiculous amount of vert in there. So your time on your feet's huge. Your cardio engine's awesome. And I truly think you can do Moab. I, yeah. I think there's a generous cutoff times. I never once, even in my full-blown bonked-out state with the the woman who who didn't speak English, like, 
mm-hmm. uh, cutoff time didn't enter my mind at all. So like even if yeah, you have a fantastic. even if you have a bad race, if mentally you're committed to getting it done, like I I truly think you'll finish it if you get there injury free and feeling comfortable and you know, right. didn't overtax your system you. getting there. I I one hundred percent believe you can finish it. If you think you can finish it though, that's the key. Yeah, that that's what it's about, believing in yourself, right? It can't be done if you don't think you can do it. Right. And that that applies to anyone bumping up to a 50k or 100k, a 100 miler. If if you fundamentally deep down are questioning yourself, don't do that race. <laughs> do some more training until you believe you can actually do mm-hmm. it. So, I think once once you fundamentally, Michelle, are like, I'm gonna finish it, and like it's kind of just let's take it one mile at a time. Yeah, I think you'll be able to do it. So. Really hope we get to do that race together this year. We can talk about it throughout 2019 going into it and how you're training and how you're feeling. You already have me signed up for it. You got to. And I guess we'll have to call Mayo and maybe Dean Carnassus too. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, Mayo definitely wants to do Moab. And we got to, like, twist Carno's arm. His schedule is just so crazy. But, oh, man, we got to get Carno into it. If we did Carno, or if we got Carno into it, am I... My issue would be I wouldn't want to run faster or slower th- than him. And by the end of the race, he'd be like, get this guy away from me. I'm so sick of talking to him. Um, <laughs> he keeps imagining snakes. <laughs> so, Oh, my gosh. It, yeah, let's just hope you don't hallucinate spiders. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm not scared of snakes, but spiders freak me out. So I'd... I'm scared of dogs. <laughs> Are you really? I think my mom is too. Yeah, actually. ever since I was bit by one. Well, I'm scared of most dogs. When you were little, dogs, probably. Wow. No, like probably like ten years ago. No, sh- no kidding. Michelle, yeah. I enjoyed it. I'm excited for you know what what you have in store for 2019. We should stay in touch. I'm excited for we'll everyone. S- we'll stay in touch, <laughs> and um, we'll have okay. you on again. We'll we'll chat with a few more uh, ultra runners and. Yeah, I'm excited to hear what you finalize as your 2019 schedule because I'm always rooting for you and it'll be just Thank you. interesting to see where you take it. And I'm really glad that we got to talk about the book because it's cool knowing that you were, I think I probably had 500 people following me at one point and uh, one of which was you and you liked every photo that I put out there even the half marathon disaster stuff. So it's cool that you got to read before anyone else, like kind of the real story. Um, It means a lot. It means a lot. You and you away. I I can't really say anything about it. Like I would like to, but I can't. (laughs) Well, I mean, as long as it's an interesting story to you, like my big fear would be putting something out there and people are like, Oh, this is is super boring. So at least it kept you engaged enough. Yeah, I like it so far, so it just keeps sending more. And I'm super <laughs> excited for you, and thanks for inspiring me, too. Absolutely. you know, it is all about that. Like, sometimes you think, can I really do that? And I'm like, hey, Rob's been running three years, and he did this. Well, I can do this. I've been running 16. <laughs> That's my whole goal, that you're capable of showing people you're capable of more than you realize. And right. it it's all relative. So even if you've run across the U S like a, 
like a Pete, like we were talking about before. I mean, yeah, maybe even he starts thinking like, hmm, if that out of shape guy could do this, oh man, <laughs> and, and turn his world around, maybe I can run around the world. So, I uh, have a good night. I enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, we'll stay in touch, Michelle. And congratulations to you on an amazing year and excited for next year for you. And congratulations to all the listeners who have run and finished an ultra and all you guys are ultra runners of the year. Anyone that's doing more than they did yesterday or giving 100% and everything, like you're all special and all, you know, in, in a way like you guys are all winners. Like all your listeners rock. And especially that, that special Patreon group, like we have a lot of fun there. I couldn't agree more. Congrats, guys. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks for listening. Okay, have a good night. You have a good night. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Michelle. Have a good night. Thank you. Okay, see you later. <laughs> see ya. Bye. And that was episode 69. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Big thank you again to Mackenzie, Sally McRae, and... Michelle Barton. It was a fun episode. It was much, much more laid back, not as much Q&A, more, more just chatting and catching up. So I hope you enjoyed it. Get ready for next week. We talked to Sally McRae for almost two hours and it's a special one. I, I really, truly enjoyed it. So highly recommend that next, next week. And again, thank you to the sponsors, Hammer Nutrition, Sufferfest Beer, Destination Trail, and last but not least, Exoskin. Feel free to use my promo code T, the number 4U20 for 20% off. Enjoy your training. Have fun out there. See you guys next week.